One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadiac. And I am Kourtneyek. And we are happy to have you guys here. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. to our home. Did you ever see that 80s, uh, I don't know what she was, it, a soap opera star that did the series? It was like, welcome to my home. And she was always in like workout leotards and stuff. Like Suzanne Summers? Um, No, but yes. Similar? You're extremely similar. Had this really garish over the top. Anyway. No. I'll look. I'll try to look it up to tell you guys who to, who that is. But that that's that. This is that. Welcome no. to our welcome to our murder podcast. Welcome. I'm in my spandex outfit. I'm also in a leotard. I'm, I'm on a I'm on a recumbent cycle right now from the mm, '80s. Nice. Should we talk to these guys about some murder? Shit. Yeah, we should. Let's do it. Tonight we're going to talk about Chris Marquis' murder. Mm. Oh, Marquise. and so if you are a Patreon supporter, I just took you on a trip to Vermont. And accidentally this week, I'm taking you back to Vermont. So, Whoa. yes, much like the case that I covered on in, on Patreon last week, this case got solved so fucking swiftly. <laughs> I I am convinced that Vermont has the only working system in the nation. Wow, what do we call? What are are they Vermonters? Uh, honey, honey badgers. I have no idea. Vermonters. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we need our Vermonters to tell us, is this like the way your system works? Or did Courtney just find the two cases that worked well? It's shocking. You'll see what I mean. I mean, it, there was a lot of evidence, but still, it's like whiplash fast. So anyway, <laughs> I'll get into the case. So on March 19th, 1998, a UPS delivery was made at the home of Sheila Rockwell and her teenage son, Chris Marquis, who lived in Fairhaven, Vermont. Sheila greeted the delivery driver at the door and brought the package to her son's room, where she found Chris chatting with his girlfriend, Cindy McDonald, on his new Ranger RCI 2900 radio. The return address on the box was from Samantha Brown, 1863 South High Street, Busiris, Ohio, which Sheila didn't recognize, so she sat down on her son's bed while he opened it, curious about what was in the two-foot parcel. Chris kept chatting with his girlfriend, Cindy, while he opened the package, giving her a bit of a play-by-play. 
The two had met over their CB radios two years earlier and spent hours and hours keeping each other company through their radio chats, where his handle was Psycho and hers was Schoolgirl. So they're on... Are they in person together or they're talking on their radio together? Talking on their their CB radios. Okay. Sorry. No problem. They talked every day for a year until Chris finally asked when he could meet her and her response was, quote, whenever you come over. He went over and they had continued to be inseparable ever since, sometimes meeting up for their favorite date at the McDonald's on the edge of town. Oh, and I should mention, I relied heavily on a Wired article called Murder by Internet by Scott Kirsner, which is a beautiful and heartbreaking Mm. article. But I did want to shout that out because this is, I pulled a lot from that. Quote, on the radio, he was laughing all the time, but he was quiet when I first met him in person. Shy but nice, Cindy said. Chris was a 10th grader, and Cindy was one year ahead of him in school, and they talked about everything. Quote, music, movies, school, parents... They talked about Chris's dream of opening up his own computer business. When Chris and his mother had to run errands, he and Cindy would keep talking on a mobile radio in the van until he drove out of range and Cindy's voice grew faint before disappearing. That's adorable. So teenage. Especially teenage life in the 90s. I feel like everything was maybe more like uh, longing. There's probably more longing in the 90s because it was really hard to get in touch with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, falling asleep on the phone yes. and shit. Yeah. Yes. And you couldn't call long distance and stuff. It was really mm-hmm. expensive. So you had to really try to talk to people who you loved far away. There's no call waiting. Yeah. So you had to hope that your sister, your older sister, <laughs> would get off the phone. So yeah. That... You had to be rich to get call waiting. It was like $2.50 a month, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I had a, my first boyfriend lived out of range, out of long distance range. I think he was like two hours north and he was so dreamy and we talked, we racked up a hell of a phone bill. I had to sell my flute to pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) And that's why you didn't become jazz flautist like you planned. I was Lizzo level, man. No, I was like, there's never been a worse flautist. I think I played for six years and... (laughs) Why? No, I don't know. (laughs) My embouchure was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) It was. Like, that's it. When Chris told Cindy he'd gotten a package, her response was, quote, What is it? Cindy asked. Who's it from? Hold on, I don't know, Chris answered as he grabbed his jackknife from the holster on his belt and slit the box open. I'm scared. You should be. Inside was a slightly smaller box made of styrofoam. Well, it's probably a bomb then, Cindy joked. Fuck. At that exact moment, an explosion ripped through the room, mm-hmm. knocking Chris and his mother to the floor. Whoa. Fairhaven's chief of police was on the phone when he heard the boom of the explosion. He immediately slammed down the phone and rushed out of the front door of the municipal building. He was a war vet, so knew the distinct sound of explosives and serious destruction. It took police three minutes to determine the source of the boom and take action. Inside Chris's bedroom, there was fire and chaos. Quote, I could see fire, Sheila Rockwell recalls. I was trying to put out these fires. There were discs on fire and a lot of plastic. I was trying to find the telephone. Chris got up and ran for the bedroom door, but he just fell on his face. Oh, no. Chris had several holes in his abdomen and burns and shrapnel wounds all over his face and neck. Most of his upper thigh had been blown away. 
Quote, I tried crawling over toward Chris and I couldn't, Sheila said. Every time I'd try to get up on my right knee, I'd collapse. Sheila noticed that her knee was bloody and that most of the fingers on her right hand had disappeared. I know. She asked her son how badly he was hurt, but he didn't reply. Oh, no. Quote, Chris was moaning. He wasn't answering me, just moaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fucking horror show. Police burst into the bedroom to find Chris face down and unconscious, and his mother was lying nearby on the blood-soaked carpet. Quote, a cardboard box half filled with styrofoam peanuts was nearby. Above Chris's computer station, a hole had been blown through the roof, and below it, a matching crater was carved into the floor. The plastic cover of his inkjet printer had been melted away. Sheila lived through the trauma of the bombing. Chris did not. Mm. He succumbed to his injuries on the way to the hospital. I hate that story. It's, mm-mm. <laughs> no. Sheila was able to tell police that Chris had been standing over the box when it exploded and was also coherent enough to tell them that there was a man in Indiana that Chris had been having some issues with when they questioned who would have wanted to do that to the small family. So for people living in rural Vermont in the 90s, CB radios were an extremely common way for people to keep in touch and pass the time during the long winters. Chris was especially interested in radio technology, and aside from his girlfriend Cindy, only had one sort of friend who he met over the radio and who went by the handle Gonzo. Quote, it's just people hanging out like in a chat room, Gonzo said. People have their own little channels. They talk about anything from the weather to the sex they had the night before. It's just your typical rag chewing most of the time. (laughs) Gonzo owned a radio and computer shop about 30 miles from Chris's home and had a soft spot for the teen. Gonzo said that Chris was constantly in contact with him, over the phone, by email, and on the radio, asking him millions of questions about technology, to the point that Gonzo had trailed off on the correspondence, despite feeling sympathetic that Chris didn't have a father figure and needed tons of attention. No. Breaking my heart, man. It's very, it's a very heartbreaking story. It turns out that Chris wasn't very easy to like. Quote, Everyone hated him, said Jeremy, a Fairhaven teen who knew Chris. He was a punk. All he did was talk shit on the CB, just trashing people. He got beat up a lot. I'll post a picture of Chris, but he's such a 90s, like, alternative kid with a tie-dye green shirt and kind of an awkward haircut and stuff. I mean, you'll just know exactly who he is when you see the photo. I can picture it. Kind of cool, kind of has an edge, but also super nerdy, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Chris was a well-known voice on the CB and spent a great deal of his time harassing truckers on their channels. Quote, his whole goal was to get in there and destroy people verbally. Chris had one of the strongest radios in the region and spent hours devising ways to mess with people. Quote, Chris would use noise toys that created obnoxious sound effects to drown out truckers seeking directions. Oh, God. I know. He'd berate anyone who dared to challenge his dominance of the airwaves. It went beyond teenage mischievousness, said Gary Cook, who ran the CB Connection, a shop on the outskirts of Fairhaven. A lot of teenagers are on the CB, but none were as abusive as he was. I would never dream of saying things like that. The language, the type of insults. Mm. So he was like an early troll. Right. Right. In 10th grade, like prime troll time. (laughs) We mercilessly prank called people when I was a kid. At 
very inappropriate hours yeah. at three o'clock in the morning. So not that we were super innocent when it came to that kind of behavior, but mm-hmm. that's kind of dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> piss off the wrong person. Yeah. 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 You don't want to piss people off when they're driving. Piss off truckers while they're driving. No, no. To make up for the fact that Chris didn't have a father to help mold and guide the troubled teen, his mother, Sheila, spent all of her time with him. The two were extremely close. They DJed parties together for extra money and had recently started classes together to train dogs for the blind. She was also known to excessively spoil him. Quote, Chris got anything he wanted, Gonzo recalls. If Chris walked in and said, I want this $4,000 radio, Sheila would find a way to get it for him. Gonzo found the spending odd considering Sheila was the only source of income and almost all of her income came from the disability she collected to take care of Chris. Chris had a disability that made him blind at night and narrowed his vision during the day to the point that he used a cane to get around. So he relied heavily on his mother to get around successfully. So she wasn't able to work. So how did they afford expensive radio equipment as well as the brand new Acer PC, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, fax machine, professional DJ setup, and a TV and VCR for Chris's room? Mother's son stealing, of course. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, hmm, don't know. (laughs) Credit card. Benefactor. God, I want a benefactor. So I had a friend who had a benefactor in college. He paid for his, all of his room and board and college expenses. Man. (sighs) I need a benefactor right now. Yeah. It's time to put the call out again to get adult adopted Mm because I don't want a mother's son shoplift. I just want a benefactor. And I also don't want a son, so that process is going to be very complicated and aggravating for me. (laughs) In January, the pair had both been arrested for shoplifting in a department store, and they both claimed they hadn't known the other was also doing it at the same time, and swore that it was the first time either of them had swiped something without paying for it. Wow. But Gonzo said Chris laughed and bragged about the attempt after the fact. Gonzo also said he'd wear gloves when he visited their house just in case he accidentally touched something that had been stolen. Oh, no. Chris's half-sister Eileen said, quote, There were times I would go shopping with my mother, and she would not only directly steal, but she'd take the tags off of one item and put them on another. And Chris was right there. She's got a serious problem, and I think Chris got the sense that if she was doing it not getting caught, it was okay. Well, sure. Yeah, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The family's mini-crime ring didn't end at petty shoplifting, and so when Gonzo heard that someone had sent a pipe bomb to Chris's home, he immediately knew who'd sent it. Mm-hmm. So while in person, Chris was a teenager who lived with his mother. Online, he was a 27-year-old father who ran a store called the CB Shack. Chris posted a message to a well-known CB radio message board and said, quote, Anybody looking to buy, sell, or trade radio equipment, email me. A man named Mark Sisko reached out, and the two chatted extensively about the various types of radios on the market. Chris also complained about his make-believe wife, sent Mark photos of his make-believe daughter, and sent Mark a link to the website for the make-believe CB Shack. Mm -hmm. So he's like your first troll and catfisher. Yes, the kid had it figured out real fast. Wow. I mean, how many of us were using the internet? My friend had Prodigy, which is like an early, what's that called? Like chat. 
Well, uh, web, like Safari. Yes, thank you. Early yeah. browser. And we didn't know how to surf. We were like, what, why would we want to look up stuff on the internet? Like, what would you look <laughs> up? Remember my aunt saying, do you, are you guys surfing the internet? Are you guys doing that? And I was like, what? First of all, surf. And second what? of all, yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't like, I sat down and it's like, I don't know. I think I typed in like the cure or something. But I was like, I don't mm-hmm. really want to know anything. <laughs> <laughs> to be a teenager yeah but then to also have figured out that you could put you know you could just be whoever you wanted it's kind Mm -hmm. of ingenious and then to well you'll hear you'll hear where else he takes it eventually the two worked out a trade where chris would send mark a 700 dollars radio a couple of other radios and a few microphones and accessories in return, Mark would send three radios and microphones to Chris, as well as a $100 check for the difference of the cost of the equipment they were trading. The two exchanged tracking info, but when Mark went to track his incoming delivery, the tracking number didn't work. Hmm. He stopped his outgoing delivery and then took to the message boards to spread the word of the con man. Mm-hmm. Quote, everyone who has been ripped off by Chris Marquis, email me immediately, he wrote. Three or four people responded who had also lost radios and money to Chris. One of them was NC Tomcat, an America Online user who reported that he'd sent $25 to Chris to cover the shipping costs of a radio that never arrived. Quote, He ripped me off too, Tomcat wrote on March 16th. I am posting ads about that crook all over the internet. The address I have is Washington Street, Fairhaven, Vermont. Do not mail this liar any of your money or you will be poor but wiser. <laughs> If I can find someone to pay the two-way airfare, I will go there and collect everyone's money back and give him some severe dental problems to deal with. Oh, no. Are you listening, Chris? When you see a six-foot, five-inch, dark-haired man at your door, you better duck, because I will be about to drop them all on your noggin, dude. <laughs> oh. I'm scared. Yeah. I don't want to get the mall dropped on my noggin. No, never. One of the men Chris ripped off was 35-year-old married truck driver from Indiana named Chris Dean, who I will call Dean from here on out because I'm not... Right. Because there's two Chrises. Dean was an avid golfer and CB obsessive, just like Chris. Dean led a very typical life, spending time in a couple of states before settling with his wife in Indiana, where he was described as, quote, obsessively neat. Neighbors said he was constantly washing his cars, kept his lawn astroturf short, and his house was immaculate. It makes me think of the dad from uh, American Beauty. Oh, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, everything is per- perfect. Yes. I know. Gives me the shivers. <laughs> me too. He was also a hunter, churchgoer, and took taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dean met Chris online while negotiating a deal that Chris later bragged about to Gonzo. So Chris had promised to send Dean a radio worth about $400 in exchange for one worth $800. So so Chris is sending right. him a cheaper radio and getting the more expensive radio in return. Right. So why would someone agree to such a shitty trade? Because if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. Right. So instead of sending the $400 radio he promised, Chris sent Dean a radio that didn't even work just to have a working tracking number so that Dean wouldn't get suspicious and stop the delivery like Mark had. When the useless radio arrived, Dean lost his mind and immediately started sending threatening messages and making threatening calls, 
telling Chris that he was going to drive to Vermont and sort him out. Uh, it's amazing, like, how much trouble these radios are stirring up, you know? <laughs> I'm also thinking about, you know, especially in the early days, I think we understand it better now, but it, you felt invincible mm-hmm. on the internet. It felt completely mm-hmm. anonymous. Like, nobody was ever going to find get, you. Yeah, like, it was never going to materialize into anything physical. Right. You know? Yes. Well, because before that, too, you know, these guys had his address. They knew where right. he lived, but right. you didn't go to see people who lived in other states. You know, like there was right. no, you, yeah, you had, you had pen pals, like everything was so far apart. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Especially when you're in the 10th grade, like mm-hmm. that's not something that you don't, you can't just drive to across the country. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you live in Indiana, I live in Vermont. I'm going to send you this shitty radio. What are you going to do? Come and get me? No. You know, over $400? That's not going to happen. You're going to call the police in Vermont? You know? Right. Yeah. So Chris confessed to Gonzo that he was worried that Dean would make good on his threats, but after Chris's mother covered for him when Dean called, saying he wasn't home and had been thrown in jail in another state... He seemed to move on from his fears, having a false sense of security that his mother would protect him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, once again, you're in 10th grade. You don't really know how the world works. And right. you just think your mom has protected you from getting Everything. caught shoplifting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being a troll, being on CB radios. I'm sure people were coming over all the time like, your son, you know, mm-hmm. and nothing had ever happened to him. There were not a lot of consequences in Chris's life. Right. After the explosion, the media, as well as the FBI and Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, descended on the small town to gather clues about who had sent the bomb. A member of the CB chat room said he'd talked to the FBI and told them about Chris's shady online dealings. On Chris's desk, detectives found a piece of paper with Christine's name, address, and phone number written on it. They also found the UPS tracking receipt for the package Chris had sent to Dean and saw that it was scheduled to be delivered to Indiana. They followed up on the name and return address and the pipe bomb, but of course that went nowhere. So the Sheila or um, Cindy, whatever, whatever it was, to Ohio. They were able to determine that the package was sent next day air from a facility in Mansfield, Ohio on March 18th. Also, like, oh my God, you sent a pipe through the fucking mail like that. Mm-hmm. Ugh, sending a sending a bomb. I mean, a bomb. That's right. so awful, terrifying. But you are just risking so much, so many lives, so much yes. property. It's like, yes. even just how do you just have the guts to drive a bomb to a fucking <laughs> how do you post have office? the guts to like touch a bomb that you? How do you make one? How do you touch it later? Right? Like. I can't even fire a gun because it makes me too nervous. Like, I know I everything about even... gun safety, and I can't be around them. I'm like, nope, it's just yeah. going to shoot me. It's going to ring around and shoot me. I mean, I can barely open the Pillsbury dough. Nobody like, can. Don't be crazy. Without, like, holding it. Like, yeah, I fucking hate that shit. No, yeah. I could not deal with a bomb. The only person that can open a crescent roll container without flinching is somebody you should avoid at all costs. They have uh, their... Ryan can open it pretty bravely, so... I was just going to say, I bet Ryan yeah. can. But yeah. I feel like that would be, like, a thing that he, like, figured out how to do. You know? Right. Like, he practiced <laughs> well, When he starts it. sending bombs to people, we'll be like, we knew. We knew. We knew. <laughs> you There's could a, open that. There is a 70% roll. chance that your husband could send a pipe bomb be- based <laughs> on his reaction to t- Pillsbury dough. 
Yeah. It's so late. Push it with the spoon and oh, I hate right it. The seat. And I have to talk. It's all waxy down. and it sort of slides yeah. around. It's, there's no like ridge. Mm-mm. So the bomb was sent from Mansfield, Ohio, on March 18th, and Dean's company confirmed that he was scheduled to be making a delivery in Mansfield, Ohio, around noon on March 18th. Ugh, I'm rolling my eyes. I know. Come on, man. You could just drive, like, another little while or something, you know? Like I know, on. I know. But once again, I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's why there's so many truckers that are serial killers. Like, if you're a trucker, mm-hmm. you just feel like nobody's paying attention to you. You can do whatever you want. You're all over the country all the time, you know? Yeah. Just, it was such a different time. Yeah. FBI followed up with Dean's friends, and one confirmed that Dean had been having issues with a man in Vermont. Keep in mind that everybody thought Chris was 27. Right. That friend had also helped Dean set up the internet at his house recently, and also shared that Dean had recently researched building a pipe bomb on the (laughs) internet. (laughs) The friend also said that Dean mentioned he was, quote, going to send the guy a package in the mail, and boy, is he going to be surprised. God, that's so fucked up. I know. And they also figured that he found the anarchist cookbook. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. how early the internet was. The, mm-hmm. That was the only, like, somebody had uploaded that probably a month before. Right. By the evening of the day after the day of the explosion. So the evening of the day after so the... So basically just over 24 hours later. Uh-huh. An ATF agent and the members of the sheriff's department were dispatched to bring Dean into custody. Wow. The entire investigation and arrest took less than 30 hours. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they have a time machine of uh, or something. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I... If I were a millennial, I would say that I stan Vermont Police Department's. Right. They are so fucking swift. Wow. Or are they? But so far, know. two for two, as far as we're yeah. concerned. As far as our anecdotal research. <laughs> we haven't put out the survey to our honey badgers yet. <laughs> <laughs> so Dean was charged with the interstate transportation of an explosive device intended to kill and injure and causing an explosive device to be placed aboard an aircraft knowing that it could endanger the safety of people aboard. If convicted, he could be facing the death penalty. A fucking airplane. It went on an yeah, man. airplane. <laughs> hey, Pre-9-11, too, so... Mm-hmm. Everyone who knew Dean struggled to reconcile the funny, normal, middle-class truck driver with the man being accused of researching, building, and transporting a pipe bomb to kill a teenager across the country. Also, can you imagine being Christine? And, I mean, obviously you're so fucking disassociated that you sent a pipe bomb through the mail, but then finding out that you killed a teenager. Not some big dude who, quote-unquote, deserved it. A fucking troll teenager. Right. Like, would he really care? Like, really, if you're willing to send a bomb? Like, he could have killed anybody along the way. Exactly. Exactly. So I think if you're to the point where you're sending pipe bombs, unless you're just, yeah... And you know, that's what I mean. If you're so disassociated right. that you're like, oh, this guy's got it coming. He's going to yeah. really pay for this. And then it's a fucking kid. Mm-hmm. 
So the FBI and ATF agents found a styrofoam container with pieces missing that seemed to match the material used to build the bomb. They also found identical hex nuts, fishing line, and a practice blast hole in his backyard. Ugh. There was also evidence that he'd purchased bullseye black powder. So the CB shop owner in Dean's town ran into Dean's wife, who asked if he'd come to the house to appraise some of Dean's radio equipment as she was really struggling financially with Dean in jail. So does that make sense? Dean's Mm -hmm. wife was like, I need, I'm running out of money. Can you come over and help me sell some of this equipment? So the shop owner had been broken into in January and the thieves had taken about $5,000 worth of equipment and never been caught. Mm -hmm. Imagine the shop owner's surprise when he went to Dean's home and found at least half of the equipment he'd lost in Dean's collection. So lucky. (laughs) You're like, oh, this all looks familiar. Wow. That poor wife, man. Like your husband's sending pipe bombs and stealing. Stealing thousands of dollars worth of radio equipment. So the reason Dean had been willing to trade a very expensive radio for a much cheaper option because remember, the trade was mm-hmm. Dean was sending the $800 radio in exchange for Chris right. to send the $400 radio. It was because he then he would have equipment that wasn't stolen. Uh-huh. Quote, if I'm guessing right, the shop owner said, Dean had taken all this hot stuff and was laundering it through the internet. Wow. Mm-hmm. In the end, Dean pled guilty, I'm assuming to avoid the death sentence, and was sentenced to life in prison in January of 2000. Just before his sentencing hearing, Sheila met with Dean in person to ask him why he'd taken such awful revenge on she and her son. Quote, she said she could forgive Dean for the injuries he caused her in the pipe bomb explosion, but not for taking her son's life. She said her son was her best friend. Dean gave Sheila a book called Jesus Freaks about Christian martyrs. He was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going, I can't take this, you should have it. Wow. And she gave him a Bible with her name written in it and the inscription, quote, I hope this helps you as much as it helped me. Quote, Both cried often as they discussed their feelings and told their stories. The first question Sheila asked Dean was why. Why did he pack a six-inch metal pipe full of gunpowder and hex nuts and mail it to her son over something as small as a citizen's band radio? She asked him. Why didn't you take other measures? Because I would have gladly gotten your radio back or paid you the money for it, she said. Dean didn't have an answer. He said his friends were egging him on to retaliate and that a friend even helped him test the bomb in his backyard. That motherfucker needs to go to jail as well. Seriously. Dean said he was full of rage from an abusive childhood at the hands of his alcoholic father and he lost control, built the bomb, and sent it. He said he was so, so sorry. And I didn't go into the details because, you know, fuck this guy, but... He did have a really shitty life. Quote, She told him she would never be able to forgive him for taking her son's life, but that he should do something with himself in prison rather than descend into anger. Quote, I said, You seem to read the Bible quite a bit. Maybe you should become a minister, she said. He said he might. He also told her to write him if she had any more questions, if there were things on her mind that begged an answer. She, too, told him she might, and said that Friday she probably would. But she said there was one question for which there would never be an answer. Why? Mm-hmm. And that is the story of the super fucking sad pipe bombing murder of Chris Marquis. 
It's really sad. Isn't it? The article I read that mentioned the Wired article was so heartbreaking. I was riveted, and it was so Mm -hmm. sad. Yeah, man. Just sucks. A bunch of, like... (laughs) Con con artists conning each other that just went yeah. way wrong, way fucking fast. Seriously, like who knew CB radioing was so dark? Had such high stakes. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine it's kind of the early dark web, though, if you think about it, because yeah. you know, like a uh, pump up the volume. All of all teenagers, mm-hmm. the '90s favorite movie. Everybody wanted a ham radio after that movie came out because such a good point. Right? Because you could Mm -hmm. nobody could track you. It was kind of lawless and you could just say and do whatever you wanted. So it makes sense that the dark underbelly of communication Mm -hmm. was CB radios and truckers and trucker culture and you know but yes. It's making me think a lot about our our current situation like politically here. Mm -hmm. You know it's a bunch of Christine's like Shitty childhoods, lots of anger, no healthy outlet, getting egged on. Exactly. Yes. You know, doing terrible shit that they don't quite understand yes. because they're so angry. Yes, that's exactly right. They need some yeah. place to put it. And so they just put it out there into the world to land mm-hmm. where it will and kill who it will with no right. real like Thought. sense of the consequences. Absolutely. Yeah. That lizard brain is a motherfucker, man. Once you like light it up. Mm-hmm. watch out you gotta watch out yeah yep yeah i know i've been thinking a lot about lizard brain and about how so many things are a trauma response right so yes i think basically everything negative is a trauma response so just like the people who are raging right now at the capitol you know it's a very fucking spoiled brat response to something it's extremely entitled and i like was shaking with like a fever when it was happening. I was so mm-hmm. fucking mad at the like grotesque hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. But once I turned down my lizard brain, cause that's my <laughs> lizard brain firing because I'm triggered from trauma of being an other, you know, mm-hmm. I am and have grown up as other, mm-hmm. not to the extent that black and brown people have, but you know, when I turn off my lizard brain and I think about their lizard brain, it's trauma. You know, we're mm-hmm. all being triggered by trauma all the fucking time. And cancel culture is a trauma response. It's just like we want to make it go away. We want to turn mm-hmm. it off and close it down. And sometimes that turns so deadly and tragic, right. you know. And sometimes it just manifests as like a shitty argument on social media, which is, you know, has its consequences as well. But yeah, I think we all need to like be more aware of trauma it's a motherfucker man it makes people mm-hmm. serial killers you know right I mean? big time <laughs> and serial yeah, killers of fucks everything up. each other's emotions on social media it's like mm-hmm. yeah so it really when i get real existential which y'all know i do all the fucking time it, that's where it's kind of brought me back to is like our relationship to our traumas either lowercase t as sadie's therapist says lowercase mm-hmm. t trauma builds to become uppercase t trauma and so we're not as a generation we're becoming more in tune with that you know existing and how it affects Mm -hmm. us and i don't know that that has extended to people who are storming the capital yet because those are the Mm -hmm. types of people who their lizard brain tells them 
well, I grew up that way and I'm just fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you're so fucking far from fine, dude. You are so far from fine. You know, you're not a, you can still be strong and also be traumatized. You know, those things are not mutually exclusive. So anyway. You can still be strong and feel your feelings and have emotions. It's much, much harder to feel your feelings than not. Right. Not yes. feeling your feelings takes a much harder toll on your body and mind mm-hmm. and spirit and the body, minds, and spirits of the people around you. But it's very, very vulnerable to feel your feelings and then to yeah. fucking express that to other people. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. No, thanks. I mean, we're like pretty well-adjusted <laughs> female yeah. like people with, and, and it's hard enough for us. Like, I, yeah. No, it's a good point. And... Sadie and I thought, I mean, I certainly thought that I was just happy and good. And then Mm -hmm. I grew up and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not totally those things. I didn't know I had anxiety until I guess it was like five years ago. But that's a pretty recent, like I've been suffering panic attacks my entire life. And I didn't identify it as anxiety until I was like 37 years old. You know, like that's how far removed our generation is from our trauma and our mental health so thank god and heaven and the stars that that's shifting rapidly Mm -hmm. um and how we market that to very aggressive like conservative people who um aren't you know that's never going to be a sexy thing for them Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe veterans will help bridge that i don't know but yeah i don't know either i I mean, it starts somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. it's got to start somewhere and it'll ripple through. It just takes longer. Yep. Yep. Um, Man, how much do you love, though, when you see like a video of like a reformed Nazi or KKK member, mm -hmm. like big burly dude crying about his past? Like more than anything. Right. Yes. More of that, please. More of that. Yep. It's patriotic to be vulnerable. Yep. Good, Good work, Court. Thanks. I'm um, all stuck in my lizard brain over here, like feeling my feelings. Yeah. Well, maybe that's not my lizard brain then if I'm actually like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just popping off. Yeah. Inner child. I don't know what that is. Like the good, the good thing, the good oh, side. Yeah. I don't know, but yes. Um, in lighter news, got a good old list of names this week, you guys. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what's, I don't know. It's funny how things come and go in life in general, but yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, the <laughs> floodgates of good names have opened up for us. I know, the train <laughs> keeps a rolling. Um, okay. So I don't even really know where to start this week. Multiple people, I'll start with this one. Multiple people sent us a meme of a firefighter. <laughs> God, I love it. I love it when so many people send it to. His name is Lieutenant Les McBurney. <laughs> Les, oh, as in God. like short for Leslie, but Les, yeah. Lieutenant Les, 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 Les McBurney. <laughs> you know, you've arrived when multiple people see a funny name and yes. in their day, like stop and send it to you because they know that we love it. Ugh. So. That's amazing. It <laughs> really is. It, yes, it's amazing because it's just amazing on its own, and then it's amazing. Yes, that exact, Yes, exactly what you just said. That people think of you <laughs> like, oh my god, the ex sisters will love this, and we do. Oh my god, <laughs> um, William Wigglesworth. <laughs> <laughs> 
like a, a hedgehog that makes clocks. William w- Wigglesworth. It reminds me of the uh, children's book that John Oliver put together, the Marlon Bundo, yes. the bunny book. Yeah. All, all of their critters around them have names like that. William's w- Wigglesworth. Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, what do you do if you're William Wigglesworth? Like, you can't be a police officer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you work in a real quaint town, like a Victorian right. village. Um, Gator DeLoach. Anybody <laughs> named Gator. A plus. Yes. Winner. Chastity Cooter. <laughs> uh, I think that that email came, if I'm remembering right, I'm pretty sure I had a day the other week. I talked about it early, you know, on our Patreon episode, but I had a really good day the, yeah. last week. And I think that that email came in at the end of my really good day. And I was like, da, 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 da. Cherry I have on arrived. top. Cherry on yes. top. The chastity cooter. Chastity cooter. <laughs> God. <laughs> and this one. Okay. So this came up in my Facebook feed. Somebody commented on something. And I'm pretty sure you pronounce his first name Chick, but it's spelled Chic. So I'm going with Chic. <laughs> chic Horny. <laughs> Chic horny. Chic horny. He has a, <laughs> uh, like a beard wax line, beard product line with horny does. in the name, like horny oh for your beard or something like that. Anyway, it's amazing. thank you guys. Oh, yes. so good. Keep oh, them also coming. there was a list of, um, like Victorian terms that we need to bring back and they were pretty cute, but one I thought was great. Bitch the pot, <laughs> which means pour the tea. <laughs> Which I would like to um, offer to drag queens uh, and people who participate in (laughs) ballroom culture. Because, you know, like, they are serving tea. Like, you're, you know, you got to bitch the pot to serve the tea, right? Right. God. That's amazing. (laughs) Bitch Bitch the pot. pot. Um, and one more thing I want to talk about really quick, because I know we have, like, other... You'll probably have, want to say something tonight. Maybe. Yeah. No, um, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> this just came up on my Facebook, and I... Or on my Instagram, I immediately researched it. And it is fucking true. Everybody needs to know this information. So, most hospitals are non-profit, which blows my mind. I assume they're all just, like, full, fully for-profit. Mm-hmm. But if you're not not-for-profit you have to offer uh, what's called charity care. So most of most hospitals offer charity care, which if you make under like $37,000 a year means that they have to forgive 100% of your medical bills. Wow. And there's a sliding scale. So if you go to like put in the, the hospital's name and financial assistance, and I tried it with a local hospital, then click on the financial assistance, then scroll down and it will say charity care. And then if you click on that, you can see their percentage like chart. So <laughs> it's based on um, poverty level. And so then you can look up, it'll say like 200%, like basically, you know, there's a little bit of math that needs to get done that I don't entirely know how to do, but there are people out there who do this for you if you need help. But basically most hospitals, if you make less than $37,000 a year, they will, they will forgive 100%. They have to legally forgive 100% of your hospital bills. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> Can you believe that? Done. Well, I've, we've had medical bills over here as a family, a poor family that have been mostly forgiven. So it doesn't totally surprise me. But yeah. again, that's like a Ryan thing. He just calls and he's like, no, I'm not going to. And they're like, okay, well, here's this is the percentage that you have to pay. And he's like, okay, that's greatly reduced. Yeah. 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 So, but I would assume that most people are like, well, I'm just going to file for bankruptcy now, you know, yes. or whatever. That's what I would do. Yeah, right. For sure. If I didn't have a more level-headed partner. Yes. yes. <laughs> no, they have to forgive, you know, not, oh, oh, you know, and it depends on the hospital. So not every hospital is going to forgive 100% if you make less than $37,000. Right. But I looked at mine and it was like, it was exactly the same as the example that was in the video. So sweet. I, That's super important. No, I'll post the little thing on our um, Instagram as well, but uh, anybody who's having medical issues right now, breathe easy if you're poor because, or yeah. m- middle class, even you're probably going to get a lot of relief if you ask for it. Sweet. Yeah. I love that. Story. And you have to ask for it, obviously. Right. They're not like, yeah. Yeah. Here you go. They should do that, but they don't. Right. Right. No. What else do we have this week? That's all I got. Uh, I've got some shout outs. Yes, yes, yes. I know. Should we tell them about our plans? Yes. Uh, We have to solidify the date because I have some stuff coming up that I'm trying to nail down before we set an exact date. But we are going to have a hangout for our Patreon supporters. It's going to be very informal. BYOB because we all live all over the world. Um, <laughs> I think what we'll do is just have you, if you want to ask us things ahead of time, you know, submit questions. We can obviously have a conversation, but just, you know, have a place to start like an icebreaker. But yeah, we'll be hanging with our Patreon supporters on yeah, Zoom very we soon. We were calling it like a mobile, no, what were we calling it? A virtual mobile barbecue, barbecue party. party. Yep. So bring your barbecue, bring your beverage BYOBBQ and and come also like see our actual faces talking to you live yep on the internet yeah you might not like what you see but you at least have an option (laughs) to see it it's like when you go on a first date like an internet date and you've seen pictures of the people and then you get there and you're like whoa yeah your face moves in a different way than i thought it was going to Or like you listen to somebody on the radio all the time and then you see them and you're like, hi, did not think that was what that was happening over there. I usually avoid looking up the photos of people whose voices I enjoy because it it blows the whole image I have of them in my mind. It's sometimes not for the better. That's right. So if that's your case, you can just like turn, you can just put like a black circle over our faces (laughs) and just talk to us, but you don't have to look or close your eyes the whole time. Yep. You know, whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, your body, it's your choice. Your party. Yeah. I hope that there's a bunch of people on the Zoom just with their eyes shut. With their <laughs> video on and their eyes shut. Yes, I hope so too. <laughs> it's going to be very awkward. <laughs> I, would, I would expect so, nothing less from us. <laughs> uh, end of March. Uh, no, end, end of, of February, February early, early March. March. Exactly. Yeah, we will announce that real soon. Yep. So you can prepare. You can clear your calendars. Yeah. Yes. Completely. All right. <laughs> you get prepared. For a month. I want everyone to clear their calendars for a month. <laughs> Just it's in case be... we might suddenly have the party that we haven't told you about it's yet. It's super high maintenance, like a weird moving target. We're going to plan it and then move it and then plan it and then move it and then change the hours so that they're possible for everyone. And then... That's right. It's going to be great. That's what, I mean, that's how we do it. Yep. Um, so let's do some quick patron shout outs. Yeah. Thank you so much to Nicole. Nicole 
As in Kidman. As in uh, Kidman. Kidman. <laughs> it's definitely Nicole Kidman. I mean, is there anybody better than Nicole? I mean, that's very hyperbolic, but I do love Nicole Kidman. I love her. Yeah, I, I do love too. her. She yeah, survived well, life with Tom. That yeah, is a man, strong she's a survivor. survivor. <laughs> yeah, no, she's great. Thank you so much to Charlotte L. Charlotte l- loves to be great. She loves to be beautiful and successful. Yeah, and she's paying in pounds, so she's somewhere over yonder way. Awesome. Across the ocean. Yep. yep. Uh, thank you so much to Tony W. Tony would be my best friend if I knew the person. <laughs> <laughs> she totally would. Uh, thank you so much to Emily G. Emily, greatness. Emily, the greatness. Yep. The fifth or tenth. Roman or the Roman. first. I think she's the first. Well, but maybe the, maybe she is from a long line of greats. No, I'm saying she's starting the line. Oh, why not? Yeah. yeah. Come on. Right. <laughs> I. There's an I at the end of that shit. Yeah. Great. Man. Emily, the great one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you so much to Ray. Ray yep. of Sunshine. Ray yeah. of Lasers. Ray of Light. Ray of... What else is there? Is there Ray uh, of... of my middle name is Ray. Sadie's middle name is Ray. Her son's middle name is Ray. Yep. Fo- Photon Ray. Is that a thing? Like a, yes. What does that do? Don't know. Photons. Other than sound fucking cool. Doesn't want to get sh- shot is that like photons. What the- Ghostbusters used to That's capture the ghosts. Thinking, let's look it up real quick. Uh, photon ray gun, photon ray tracing. Mm. Photon ray is a f- wiki fandom, so maybe there's not really a, such a thing as photon ray. Uh, photon ray Ghostbusters. This is really hard to. <laughs> it's a type of elementary particle. Quantum of the electromagnetic field symbol. Uh, yeah, probably yeah. Ghostbusters. So we'll just yeah. end it there. <laughs> thank you, Ray, for being a Ghostbuster. Yes. Uh, and last but not least, thank you so much to Mary Kay. <laughs> <laughs> she makes everything beautifuler, more beautiful. Oh, Lord. There's a, there's she a lady has a that, pink Cadillac. I was going to say, there's a lady in my neighborhood, or like the area where I live, who has a pink Cadillac. Mary with Kay. the Mary Kay on yes. it? She reached the fucking status. Yes. And I like, I've pa- parked next to them in the grocery store multiple times. And Damn. I just want to meet whoever this person is and be like, how did that, like, how many people did you screw over? You. MLM I was going to say, how big is your credit card debt that you bought mm-hmm. all of your own supply? <laughs> right. <laughs> that you, you got, got a Cadillac. Cadillac. Yep. Shit. It we is a, a beautiful pink in our house it is a beautiful pink we had a lot of it in our house growing up i feel like mom got Did either we? yeah yes and i would always put on the lipstick their lipstick is disgusting yeah oh i know it's, i do remember that yeah don't you can't you yes. smell it yes. it's like very clay yes. sort of to her credit though i don't i don't remember a lot of full size it was like samples or something it was yeah wow. she probably went to some parties parties and yeah, we had a lots of teeny tiny tubes. And mom didn't really wear makeup either, so. Yeah, eyeliner and stuff. Right, mascara. Mascara. <laughs> That's what we called it. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, thank you, Mary Kay. <laughs> 
for your support. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you guys so much. Uh, yeah. You're blowing my mind every day. Never gets old. No. God, no. No. Nope. You just hang out with us. You keep coming back for more. You know where else you should hang out with us? Tell me. On Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at They Will Kill. You can also hang out with us on our website. We're not there, but you are welcome to hang out there anytime you want. Yeah. At they no, there's no at, just they will kill dot com. <laughs> um if you're new to the internet, like I was in nineteen ninety eight and someone's like, Do you want to surf the web and you don't know what to surf, just to go to They Will Kill and hang out there. Yeah. You can read some source material. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, you should read that article I got all my information from. It's sad. Yeah. yeah. Um also you can email us at they will kill podcast at gmail dot com. I sent an email the other day to sign up for, for like the stuff for us and uh in the middle of the night the other night i woke up and i was like oh shit did i forget the podcast for so because the, they had needed to email us back and we hadn't heard uh-huh. back uh-huh. but anyway it worked out fine <laughs> oh thank god <laughs> i know very interesting story but don't be like me and forget the podcast part on the gmail yeah i do it every single time yep uh thank you aj bergians for our music thank you so much for it uh, and please rate, review, subscribe. Yes, we need it to happen mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. day of our lives. Yes. Yeah, it's been a bit. The holidays kind of threw people off, I think. I'll blame it on that. Um, Shit, yeah. Listen, this Leo needs some ego strokes, so mm-hmm. I know it sucks because I very rarely review things on Apple Podcasts because mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts is a nightmare. Most of the time I review things and then it just sits there and it doesn't. I don't think it happens. I don't know. Well, exactly. I'll push submit and I'm like, I don't think that worked at all. But anyway, it's working. It has worked for us like 150 (laughs) times. So please keep it up. Yes, please. (laughs) Uh, And remember. Keep that baby lizard brain in check. Give it a little baba. Give it a little cuddle. Yep. It needs some cuddle love. And my therapist has me do, what does she call it? Four square breathing. Oh, tell me everything. Yeah, so you close your eyes, and you, you're picturing a, a square in your mind. Yeah. You breathe in for a line. When you get to the corner, you breathe out. When you get to the next corner, you breathe in. You're going corner. too fast. Oh, sorry. Just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> you go up. So you're making a square in your I mind. I love it. While I you breathe, it. and it seriously because being a mom with children all of the time in a pandemic, my lizard brain gets fired. When they like talk or they breathe or (laughs) yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really you're still forcing it. It really is very very so relaxing. I don't want to stop. Instead of screaming at them for absolutely no reason, I stop Mm -hmm. and I do my four square breathing, and I'm a much better person because of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to say something horrible on the internet that you might regret, if you're going, even if the person deserves it, yep. If you're going to accidentally work. text the person you're shit-talking. Yeah. Four square yes. breathe first. Four Double square check breathe. and make sure the if sender you, is the right yeah. person. Seriously. <laughs> if you feel like you're going to storm a capital, four yes. square breathe. Yep. Please. If you feel like you are a racist, maybe mm-hmm. instead of being a racist, you should four square breathe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Fuck. I think we just fixed it. So, you're welcome. Well, I love you guys, though, yep. a lot. And I do too. I know that you got your lizard brains. Um, I know they're still firing. 
because you're strong enough to admit it on the internet. And yep. I appreciate for that. And I love you guys. And goodbye. 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 <laughs> we'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.